Hey everyone, Joe here from Modern Heathen Man. I always like to bring you some new stuff and some new things that are going on. Um, right now I just wanted to take a moment and mention a fundraising auction for a really good cause. The people over at Awaken the North are working on raising the funds for their 501c3 paperwork filing fees. And in order to become a registered nonprofit religious organization, they are truly inclusive and they're one of the better organizations that I found on the internet or on Facebook. Uh, they welcome all people regardless of race, creed, or sexual identity. They're creating a safe space for all heathens of all walks and can use you and your help to do so. Check out their fundraising auction at www.32auctions.com forward slash ATN for Awaken the North. Or feel free to simply drop them a donation through PayPal at donations at awakenthenorth.org. And for more information on their group, visit their website at awakenthenorth.org or find them on Facebook. Again, heathens helping heathens is really important. And people that are trying to become better at what they do or better as an organization are what we're looking for consistently. So if you donate, if you share, whatever you do, I want to thank you ahead of time and tell you to check them out either way. Thanks, guys, and have a great day. Hey, everyone. Joe here from the Modern Heathen Man. I was looking for some new stuff for my beard, and I was looking around, and I wanted something my wife would like as well. I was looking for a good product that didn't leave my beard feeling greasy, that nourished it and kept it moist, and had a good scent to it as well. Um, so in discussing with my wife, we tried a few different things, and I found this wonderful heathen place called Beast Curiosities. Now they don't just offer beard oil, they have quite a few different products available through them. Um, you definitely wanna go ahead and check them out at beastcuriosities.com. But I specifically tried the beard oil. Um, I tried Hell's Respite, I tried Tears Loyalty, and I tried, give me one second, Yord's Wilderness. All of these were really great beard oils. They all had wonderful scents that lasted a long time and would stay with me throughout the whole day. They nourished my beard and kept it good. And they also made it that it felt nice and was good to smell. And other people around me liked it quite a bit. So when you actually get in their oils, they tried really hard to produce an oil that does what it says it's gonna do while nourishing your beard as well. They tried a few products till they got the great one together and they call it their magical beard oil. I will tell you, it is magical. It smells great. Even after going to the pool with my wife for about three hours, my beard still smelled great and felt great. So with that said, I'm gonna tell you to go ahead and check them out. Again, they're not only beard oil, but Beast Curiosity is a place you wanna go. Beastcuriosities.com. You can also email him and check out his products at Beast at beastcuriosities.com. They have a Twitter account at BS Curiosities, and you can also find them on Facebook at facebook.com slash beastcuriosities. You definitely want to go out and get some of this if you have a beard. It is a wonderful product, something great to use. My wife and her friends all love this product quite a bit. So go ahead and get it if you get a chance, guys. It's a wonderful product. Thank you, guys, and have a great day. Hey everyone, Joe here from Modern Heathen Man coming back to you. I know it's been a while since I've done an episode. Um, the reason that's been is because I have been trying to figure out what to do episodes on. I want to keep this program where it's about the beginner 
um, or the person just getting in the heathen or satru. And I want to make it all inclusive where no matter what you are, who you are, where you're from, you can enjoy it. Um, so it's been a little bit of work to try to not redo stuff that I've already done or not to do um, things that I've already talked about or just to even update stuff that I've already talked about. So it's been a while and I apologize for that. I have a really cool topic here uh, for you today. I have my wife with me, Kelly. Hello. So we're going to go ahead and talk about a couple different things that we've done um, in our yard to create sacred spaces for different things. Um, we have the whole season coming up of Samhain and Yule and all those other harvest festivals and all the ones after that with the Mother's Night, the Einherjar, um bloats and stuff like that. So... What I want to do is talk about creating a sacred space within your yard for the ancestors, for the gods, for the Einherjar, and for anything else that you want to create a sacred space for. So, with that said, grab yourself a cup, grab yourself a horn, grab yourself some mead, grab yourself some coffee, grab yourself some cappuccino, um, and join some us for water, some, some water, soda. soda, right? And join us for Modern Heathen Man today. So let's get right into it. Um, as I was saying, I wanted to talk about um, starting the stuff for your yard. With that said, ow, my back is out today, and I apologize. Every time I move, it goes a little bit wonky. So, um, With that said, in our yard, we have a couple of sacred spaces. Um, one of the sacred spaces we have is for our ancestors. One of the sacred spaces we have is for the gods. One of the sacred spaces we have is for the warriors, or the Einherjar. Um, there's a couple other things you could do. You could do for the whites. You could do for... Any number of things. Go ahead. What are you going to say? Yeah, I, for the I Valkyrie. Mean, for, for the Valkyrie. Um, yeah. I have a sacred space in the backyard for the whites and the fairies right. and the gnomes and the elves. The elves, they've gone too far. They've gone too far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ding dong. Anyway, um, with that said, so how do you create these spaces and, and what do you do in these spaces and how do these spaces um, play a part within your heathen life? Well, Let's address each piece separately. First of all, how do you create the space? Well, just like anything else, you create the space. What I recommend is I always go to Walmart and I always buy out the um, plants that are almost dead. And I know this sounds really weird, but they're really cheap. They're almost dead. And when I want a lot of plants for a certain area, that's what I do. I think I got a... $40 pear tree for 7 bucks. Well, well, you know, it doesn't hurt that you have the greenest thumb of anybody I've well. ever met. And I have the uh, the rotting thumb of death. <laughs> so, if you can bring the plants back to life, that's great. But if yeah. you're like me, I, I don't even bother touching the plants. Either way, I bring the plants <laughs> back to life. So, I go and I buy these plants from Walmart, the cheaper end, or from Lowe's, whatever. I buy the, the discounted plants that are on their way out. Um, I then decide what I want within that area. Like, what are the different things going to represent? You know, they're flowering pieces. Do those flowering pieces represent something to me or something to someone I know? So, like, with the ancestors' garden um, over here, I have some azaleas. I have some oak trees that are in there. I have um, what's the other thing? Is that the, is that where we put the crepe myrtle, or is the crepe myrtle in the gods' garden? No, the crepe myrtle's in the um, ancestors' garden. Okay. So, yeah. So in that garden is things that mean a lot to me. Like I like the flowering. I like to see it flower and present itself in the spring. Um, and reminds me of my ancestors in the spring. The, um, the other thing to remember is this is native to where we live. Right. You do native things where you live, obviously. So, right. So we don't want going. invasive species to take over 
all the other spaces. You want something right. that's native to the area. Right. I think the worst thing I have out there is an azalea. Well, no, azaleas are native to here. I think it's the hibiscus that you bought. Yeah, I did buy some hibiscus. Yeah. That might be in the mandavia. Yep, and the bamboo. And the bamboo. Yeah. So those are the worst things I bought, but they, they go nice here, and we could keep them in line, and we could keep them in their space and stuff like that, so we're okay with that. Um, the other thing you want to have there is you want to have an offering space. I mean, it's not it's not uncommon to offer things to your ancestors. As you know, it's not uncommon to offer things to the Iron Hair Yard. It's not uncommon to offer things to the gods, so you want to build a small offering place there. I also have um, effigies of the gods, like logs that I've carved into to create gods' um, faces and stuff that represent the specific gods to me. And I'm always growing that. I'm always making more. I'm always making another one. I'm always making something different. So, um, and as they age, they look really nice. I get I use the old oak from here in um, Alabama. Make it on that. When it becomes weathered, it gets really nice looking and really cool. So, aren't one or two of them made out of the pecan trees too? Yeah, one or two are made out of pecan as well. So, I mean, it ages really nice and looks really well. Um, with that said, I mean, you, you do what you basically want to do in that sacred space. The idea behind it, though, is for you to create the space that's sacred. Um, we have in the center of all three of those gardens, we have a um, a burn, um, a fire pit, a fire pit, if you will. Right, it's a little fire pit made out of metal and stuff with a little top on it. So we could sit there and have bonfires and things of that nature in that area and still enjoy it. Um, but creating those spaces is nice because we involve the kids and prepping the area out, weeding the area, keeping it nice looking, and now it's flowering and stuff and they get to see that. Um, we water it quite a bit to make sure it stays good and... Um, we feed, like, on the God's one, I have a bowl that I fill with water consistently because I want Freya's cats to be able to come and drink from it um, or the birds to come able to drink from it and the bees and everything else that's wild to be able to come and partake of that offering that we have out there of water for them. Yeah, we got ratatosk squirrels all over it. Yeah. So we have squirrels, we have snakes. rabbits, snakes. Yep, cats. So we have pretty many of the gods represented when they come to feed and drink from mm-hmm. from our altar spaces and stuff, which is pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, when we leave the, the offerings out there for, you know, the gods themselves, one of their animals may come and grab that offering and take it. So it's okay. We're doing what we need to do. Um, but again, keeping that space sacred, even when the guy comes to mow the lawn, he knows that those are our sacred spaces and he knows to go around them to not, you know, get stuff on them to blow you know, stuff all over the gods or grass clippings here and there. He understands what those are, so he's able to go ahead and work with them. So just creating a sacred space in your yard is the first part. And the second part is, how do we use it? Well, we, when we venerate our gods or we venerate our ancestors in our house, we take the stuff out to there. So we may do the actual ceremony inside or on the porch, but then that gets delivered to that part of the garden and gets venerated there. Um, the nice part about that is we can have the kids do that. Mm-hmm. Our, and our kids get very involved in that, um, especially our 10-year-old. He's very involved in putting stuff out in the yard, putting the stuff out for the gods or, or the ancestors or the Einherr yard. He's very interested in doing so, too. Right. So, you know, we involve the kids in the ceremony. We involve the other stuff. And then the other part is all of our neighbors see us doing stuff there. Um and I know this sounds really weird. We live in the Bible Belt, and I've said this many, many times, but everybody knows that I'm not Christian. Everybody knows that I'm not 
going to church. Everybody knows that I am a satru or heathen. They all know that about me. The only difference is they've taken the time to actually know me and understand that I'm not just a weird guy, that I don't do things just mean and this, that, and the other thing, that I'm actually a normal person. Um, with that said, when you have those sacred spaces like that, you open your doors a little bit more to the neighbors coming over and joining you for ceremonies and stuff. Like, we had a neighbor come over the one day just to talk, and she ended up joining us for a sunbolt that we did, which was really cool because she got to see what we do. And it wasn't weird, and it wasn't strange, and it wasn't anything. Actually, it was pretty cool for her. So she thought it was neat. But, yeah. Yeah, she she quite enjoyed it. Yeah. So that sacred space opens up the door for you to have other people coming in as well. Um, the last portion of that sacred space is upkeep, obviously. I mean, keeping up your sacred space is always important. The more you upkeep it, the more sacred it is. And I think we have to recognize it as a sacred space. Mm-hmm. As a space that we're not just going to walk over, that we actually take care of and tend to. This is where the... Um, oh, give me a second here. I can't think of Name, I, I've lost here for one second. Uh, the Buddhists have it right. I mean, they tend their gardens as sacred spaces consistently. I mean, we get Zen gardens and stuff like that that we have in our desk and stuff, and they're cool little things, but imagine having a giant Zen garden like they do in Lhasa, where you have to take care of that grass and everything well, else. And you and I have the seen sand. one yeah. um, where we grew up. The, the the town of Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, their sister city is Nagasaki, Japan. Right. And one of the gifts that Nagasaki gave to Bethlehem was a huge tea garden. And in that tea garden was a, or is, a stone um, garden. A stone garden. And right. they tend to it every day, making new spaces. <laughs> Sorry if you heard that. That's our iguana, our new, our new family member. Um... They tend that space every day, make a different design every day. There's somebody out there all the time tending to it. And it's a beautiful, quiet, sacred, zen. Serene place. Very serene place. And it's in the middle of the city. You would never expect that. But you don't really hear the traffic from around it or anything else because it is just such a quiet space. And it's one of my favorite places to go to when I'm in the city. Yeah, and I was going to say this. I was going to add this to it. When you create this sacred space, one of the best things is taking the time to spend some time in it. It's not always just for ceremonies. It's not always just for, you know, things that you're doing specifically. I mean, if you need time to go speak to the gods, you can go over to the place where you do the offering and speak to the gods. If you want to speak to your ancestors, you can go over to the garden that was created specifically for them in loving memory of them, and you can speak to your ancestors there. Get some quiet recharging on your own, or if you know, you're know you one of these people who... I don't want to say it that way, but if you're a person who is in war and you have some brothers or comrades that you've lost and you have an Einherjar garden, you can go there and you know venerate with them and take your time when you're missing them to go visit them and stuff like that there. And meditate there. And meditate, yeah. I meditate in my garden quite a bit. Um, I love it because I can hear the birds, I can hear the cats, I can hear the squirrels, see the rabbits, you know. Things that are going on around me tend to disappear there because it was created solely for that purpose. And then as time goes on and the trees grow and the bushes grow and the grasses grow and everything, the flowering stuff grows, it becomes more and more and more of a sacred space and you can add to it and keep building onto it, making it more and more of a sacred space. And if you want, put a fence around him. 
you know, it's entirely up to you to really create a sacred space. But it's really important to have those sacred spaces in your home. Like we've talked about the altar before. Um, we've talked about the different types of altars that you can have. Um, we each have our own personal altar in our house, so that works nice. And then, you know, the family altar and things like that outside. And um, you can have your outside altars. You can have your inside altars. You can have your sacred spaces. The goal is to create a more heathen-centered home and a more common understanding of heathenry as a family unit um, or as a single person just to surround yourself with heathenry. There's, there's a concept, and I, I don't know how much you know about the concept, but I've been studying it, and I can't pronounce it. I, I'm sorry. You're going to have to bear with me while I spell it out. It's called H-Y-G-G-E. I think it's... it's Hyga or Higa. Okay. It's basically making your home comfortable. Um, you fill it with blankets or mm -hmm. um, comfortable spaces and things like that. And I think plants add to that. So, you know, we're talking about having an outside garden. We're fortunate enough to have a space where we can have an outside garden and things mm -hmm. like that. You can create that sacred garden space with a small house plan or two. Well, remember when we lived in um, Northampton in Pennsylvania, one of our first houses together had this really big room in it with a bunch of windows. And my goal was to create a comfortable space within that living room. And I filled it with plants and I filled it with fountains and aquariums and right. everything else. And, yeah. and that's what this concept is. Yeah. It's, it's a Scandinavian concept. <laughs> Someone's texting me. <laughs> um, comfort in the home. Making your space comfortable for others to come in as well. So you have tea or coffee or drinks available at all times. You have blankets for people to cuddle up with. Um, you have books available. You have candles or something. Mm -hmm. You make your home as comfortable as possible. And I think that's just a heathen concept too. You try to make others feel as comfortable in your home as you would feel in your home. Right. And that includes the gods and the ancestors and the Einherjar. Right. And the whites and the gnomes and the elves and right. everything else. Right. right. So, you know, Putting, we have plants inside as well as outside. Mm -hmm. We have things in our home that make us feel comfortable. And somehow, mm -hmm. for some reason, everybody who comes into our home feels as comfortable in our home as mm -hmm. we do. Well, it's because, I mean, the concept of the Innen Garden and Newton Garden. You know, we have both those concepts mm -hmm. going on. You know, our Innen Garden includes our garden within our realm right. here, and our Uten Garden includes our garden and our realm here. So we have spaces that are internal, and we have spaces that are external. And um, if you if you want to study that, it's a little in-depth, but the Innen Garden and the Uten Garden are two different um, concepts where we learn how to take stuff, and we learn how to create frith by using both of those to create the frith with the gods and the ancestors and the whites and all the other creatures of the world, so... Right. Yeah, and it's pretty common, like, you know, Joe's talking about the Innengarten and the Utengarten and the Utengarten and the, the, the gnomes and the fairies and the whites and the elves and things like that. And it's pretty common to create a fairy garden anymore. I was mm -hmm. talking to somebody else today about a fairy garden. And I actually have a little gnome house that Joe built me a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, it needs to be repaired. Right. But, it, I mean, I have it. And that's becoming a common concept, taking these things from Iceland that are little gnome houses on the sides of the, the, yeah, the, the mountains and, and the stuff, hills right. and stuff, and building them into space in your own home, in your own yard or something like that. You could do that in a small space, too. Right. The, the idea is to create the sacred space, but also create the idea of heathenry and a satru 
and surround your family with with that. You know, the ancestors and our forebears, when they had a Satru, it was their lives. I mean, it literally was everything they did every single day. And we lose that sometimes in America because it's such a Christian society. We try really hard to do it, and we have to keep up with it because it's not everyday life here. What we need to do is change it to everyday life here, everyday life of what we're used to. Um, you know, and I'm even guilty of it sometimes, you know, when I'm like, oh. When I'm like, oh my God, and I don't say the gods, and I'm talking about the Christian God, and I'm, I'm sorry about that, somebody called me. Um, but yeah, so I'm guilty of it myself consistently by not always following it because I live in the United States and it's such a Christian society. So we have to figure out what we have to do to bring that to our... Yeah, one of your famous things when you get upset is Jesus, Joseph, Mary, and the three wise yeah, men. Yeah, Jesus, and Joseph, Mary, and the three wise men. <laughs> and I but, laugh all the time when you do that. Right, and you, you guys have to understand that you know, my, my education was a Bible school education. I literally have a degree in religion and the religion of that little black book that all those Christians carry around and know like the back of my hand. And when I say that, I mean, ask my wife, I really do know it like the back of my hand. He does. So... Um, he does. The idea is, though, I'm not there anymore. I'm in heathenry. And it's a, it's a big change for everybody like it is for me. You know, we live in such a Christian society, a, you know, world where we, well, people believe that the whole Founding Fathers idea was the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible. That may not be true. It most likely is not true because of what I've read about the Founding Fathers. But... With that said, it's really hard to get out of that mentality. So we have to do everything we can to do so by creating sacred spaces, by creating um, altars within our home, by creating gardens and things like that that we tend to. This will start to bring us into that mindset of total heathenry and total asatru and total whatever you want to call it. But it is what it is, and it'll help us in the long run. I'm not saying run out and buy, you know, a million dollars in plants and create this great space. I'm talking even if you want four potted plants like a butterfly bush or, you know, whatever, and a little offering plate to put out there is great. Well, I mean, the other thing we have, we're fortunate, like I said, to have a, a gardening space, and we yeah. have quite an extensive garden. One of the things that you can do is if you have a food garden, yep. you can set a space on the end of the food garden, mm -hmm. um, a, a small table or a bowl or something like that, that you can put a food offering in, too, for the right. gods. Um, we we do that on a, on a regular basis, too, where we'll take something from our garden and put it in a bowl, and we have a bunch of rabbits in our yard mm -hmm. and squirrels and things like that. So they'll come and they're representatives of the gods and they can take that food that we're offering to the gods, to our ancestors, to anybody, and, right. you know, take that food for their sustenance too. And maybe in return, there's a rabbit that keeps eating our food, right. our, our garden, right. that's soon going to end up on our dinner table, I think. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> or the squirrels, you know, as we're coming into that season where we can eat those kinds of animals and things like that that are in our yard, mm -hmm. you know, we can go ahead and, and keep that circle of life going in our, and, right. you know, and venerate the gods in that way, too, and thank the gods for providing squirrels and rabbits and ducks mm -hmm. and things in our yard that we can eat as, you know, and keep that going as well. 
Right. The key is veneration. And the more we think of the gods, the more they'll think of us. The more we do for the gods, the more they'll do for us. Um, the more we remember the ancestors, the more they'll help us through our problems. We have to look to them for the answers to most of the things um, in life. Um, one of the things I said in Awake in the North this week was, we have this storm coming um, please choose wisely. Please make your decisions wisely. Consult the runes, consult the norms, consult the ancestors on what you need to do. If you feel like they're telling you to get out, you have to get out. If you feel like they're telling you to go, you have to go. You know, these two storms coming are not that great of an idea or not that great of anything going on in real life, but the whole idea is venerate, venerate, venerate. One of the questions I got back was, well, how do we know we're reading the runes right? The answer is by doing it, and that's that's the that, only thing. That I mean, also goes for the, our friends and and that in California as yeah, well. Yeah, with the wildfires, um, with all those wildfires going on. Anybody out west, if the runes are telling you to leave, please Do leave. It. Yeah, make sure you consult the ancestors. Make sure you consult the runes. Make sure you consult the gods, and with time and veneration, you get those answers. You know, always like, you know, yesterday I was meditating, and you know. The gods, I'm going to say this, the gods speak to me a lot. And they're usually dead on when they speak to me. So while I was uh, just sitting there meditating on something yesterday, reading a story, you know, I got the feeling like I need to talk to a certain person and make sure they're okay, like there was something going on. Basically, I was told, talk to this person because they need a pick-me-up, Okay. Even though the person doesn't seem like they need to pick me up, when I asked them, they're like, no, no, I'm doing fine. I said, you're doing fine? Well, they told me to do this because they're worried. And then it was, well, I've been getting some really bad omens. I've been having some really bad dreams. I've been having some really bad this or that. And, you know, then it was a totally different story. But they're usually dead on. And, and you know, that comes with veneration. That comes with understanding. Mm -hmm. That comes with consulting. And it comes with remembering them. Because now they remember me and my friends, and they remember me and the people I deal with consistently. You know, being a gothi isn't always good because you get information sometimes that you don't want. Right. You know, and, and I mean, to be honest with you, yeah, yeah. it really is. Yeah. Um, or, you know, they'll tell me things that, I don't know how to explain, just things that you, you don't normally say to people. You know, and, and they'll say to you, oh, you got to do this. And, you know, as you go, you're like, okay, well, not got to do this, but you should do this. And you do it. So with that said, sacred spaces are really important. Sacred spaces play a really big part in my um, my path in Asatru and in heathenry. And they really help me along. I think they help my family along. I think in building them, caring for them, taking things to them, and even just seeing them each day reminds us of what we are. So, do you have anything to add, Kelly? No, I, I think this was a good topic for the day. I think this was a, a good episode right. for today. Right. All right, guys, I want to thank you all for joining us today, and I thank you for the time. I apologize for the interruptions that we had. Um, <laughs> I, I do have a regular life, as you all know. So, um, I'm doing this on my phone today, which is pretty cool. But anyway, I want to thank you for joining me. Thank you for the time. Thank you for joining Modern Human Man. I want to say hail to the gods today. I want, to say, I want to say hail to you for wanting to be a better heathen. Um, hail the ancestors, hail the Anheriar, and hail to all those that we venerated today and talked about and learned about. So I want to thank you for joining me once again. Okay, have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.
Hey guys, this is Joe at Modern Heathen Man. How are you all today? Hoping you're having a good and uh, great day. Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys about this YouTube channel that I found called Midgard Musings. It's by a man named Jesse, and it is incredible. He has new videos uploaded on the channel every Sunday night, and he has a live Facebook stream every Sunday at 7 p.m. Um, Central Standard Time. Midgard Musings' goal is to help build heathen communities around the world with educational content and laid-back fun manner. He values the historical aspect of this path and uses it to help us grow and develop as heathens in modern times. So if you've been a heathen for a while or just brand new to it, definitely check it out. It's something worthwhile. If you'd like to support Midgard Musings by subscribing to youtube.com forward slash Midgard Musings, following on Facebook and purchasing merchandise from the Teespring and Redbub Redbubble stores. Redbubble, say that three times. All of which can be found on the YouTube channel video description. Midgard Musing also offers handmade driftwood rune sets for sale, and the purchase of these items help support the channel. Just to touch base on that a little bit, I actually own one of those rune sets. They're incredibly nice, good feel, wonderful stuff, good power within them. I'm telling you, worthwhile checking out. So please head on over to Midgard Musings, like and subscribe to the channel, and follow on Facebook and on YouTube at facebook.com slash midgardmusings and youtube.com slash midgardmusings. M-I-D-G-A-R-D-M-U-S-I-N-G-S. We'll find you that Midgard Musings. Thanks, guys, and have a great day. Hey guys, Joe here from the Modern Heathen Man. How are you guys tonight? I hope I'm meeting you well. Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys, while I'm out traveling, it's not always feasible to carry my whole big altar box with me. So sometimes I like a little something in my pocket. And I found a great place to get that from. That's Odin's Beard Woodworking. Great little place out there. It makes small little pocket altars for you with candles and gods and everything in them, little sayings and such. Wonderful work that this man does. Carves everything by hand. He has a couple things going on here. He has little pocket altars that I'm talking about for $25. He has small D poles of 5 to 6 inches for $40. 7 to 8 inches for $45. 9 to 10 for $50. And 11 to 12 for $60. He has 26 different deities to choose from and more coming every day. Your choices right now are Odin, Thor, Tyr, Loki, Freyr, Baldur, Bragi, Hamdal, Njord, Fenrir, Ullr, Vidar, Hermod, Hel, Freya, Ostri, Skadi, Sif, Er, Frigg, Var, Thrud, Idun, Sigun, Ran, and Jord. That's a lot of different gods to choose from. So he can meet anybody's needs. Tell him what you want. You can go ahead and find him at www.odinsbeardwoodworking.com. He also has a Facebook page, and I know he does some stuff live every once in a while that you can actually watch him carve those things. Anyway, give him a good uh, look-see there and see if he has something that you can use. I guarantee his little pocket ultras will come in handy for you. So anyway, thanks, guys. Have a great night. Bye-bye.